106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control Now, the show that advocates for the democratic community control of public institutions, namely the police. I'm your co-host, Vincent Gonzalez, here with my main man, 50 Grand, Michael T. How you living, man? Large. Yeah. Not really. You know we do. <laughs> you know, for radio purposes. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll hold that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we at Community Control Now, seek to end the rampant abuses by public institutions that criminalizes mostly persons of color. We also advocate for uh, all power to all oppressed people all over the world. And we're coming through right now, part two of our public safety question. What does it mean to feel safe in a community? Uh, some of the why and how we got to this place as a community, and we'll continue to wrestle with uh, what some of those uh, solutions may look like, but uh, namely, I think, for now, we're just going to stick with, uh, you know, just a long-form discussion of where we are as it stands right now. So, um, Brother T, man, I'm going to let you kind of drive that boat. We're back on the subject of public safety here, and you had some some thoughts. Well, about picking as up we see from it. the last episode, I'd just like to say that we tried to make the case that the desperation and the deprivation in poor and black and brown urban and suburban communities has created a social safety uh, problem, uh, specifically, not exclusively or totally, around the drug crisis. Yes. That has become the primary means for a lot of young people to obtain those resources. And for many families, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Now, that directly puts us at odds with the law enforcement. Yeah, so this alternative economy that was created from uh, the demand for these substances uh, has created a adversarial relationship with uh, persons in charge of public safety. Yes, because we mentioned in the last episode that despite all the inequalities and the deprivations, there's always been, at least as long as I've lived and known, uh, for the last hundred years, uh, a wide availability for mood-altering substances and uh, legal and illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. Even though we can't get a lot of the other things we need and don't have access to those things, but for some reason... If you know a guy... Which we can go into you yeah. know, some other time. Those things, and I think people can verify that those things are always there. We saw, for instance... And many people of my generation, we saw in the 1960s how uh, drug usage, especially illegal drugs, became almost a way of life. Now, as a young person, that wasn't the case, even in poor neighborhoods. There was a degree of uh, recreational 
our exploitation. And it was a limited part of it the was, community. Yeah, just, I mean, there were always, you know, in industrial societies and in capitalistic societies, you always had, especially, I'll say, in urban areas and even in non-urban areas, you had what you called your red light district. Yeah. You know, areas in which people were doing it's, illegal It's kind of like a things. subculture to, A you subculture. Know, yeah. And that's a key term. Mm-hmm. By the 70s, it became the main culture. Yeah. You the proliferation no longer, just even now say, exponentially grew. Yeah, say that that's some kind of subculture. That's the main culture. The subculture is the people who are not involved yeah. in, in some way. Absolutely. You know, so it's become a crisis. That's why it's a crisis, mm-hmm. because the quote-unquote illegal subculture has now become the main culture. And how has our powers that be dealt with that uh, subculture? And, I mean, many subcultures have latent consequences yeah. that come with it. Well, there's uh, several ways you can deal with it. You can change the laws so that, you know, since this has become the main culture and we can't automatically destroy that and there are no alternatives set up, you can change the laws so the, uh, the people in that culture aren't criminalized. Mm-hmm. Portugal okay. has been an yes. example of that. They decriminalize all illicit substances. That's good. Basically decriminalizing meaning... Uh, if you are found with a possession amount of an illicit substance, you are uh, highly encouraged to go get help. This is not yes. a criminal it's offense. A public it's problem. a public health crisis, yes. as if you had diabetes exactly. or something of that nature. And they've seen exponentially uh, some of their illicit and violent crimes. Yes. Uh, you know, those things have gone down tremendously. And, and we and, need to do a whole show on Portugal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and shows on on places where people are experimenting mm-hmm. with alternatives. I believe all organs done something similar. Uh, jury's still out on that. I think they, you know, yeah. they need to lay down. And even some in this country, there are some states that are decriminalizing mm-hmm. certain drugs. Yeah. And um, I think it's right now. I mean, I think some new states came in recently. It's about new sixteen Jersey. states. Yeah, and I think I think New York just approved yeah. uh, recreational marijuana. Yeah, because you know to lessen the crises and the recognition, even though it's not the complete answer, mm-hmm. but it's something you know we can discuss at some point. How decriminalization, yeah, is a transitional thing that mm-hmm. could. Um, Mitigate the crises. Yes, you know, yeah. you're not going to it's, abolish. That's all what I'm saying. It's not. A, it's people. not a panacea. Yeah, it's not going to, uh, you know, completely get us out of this. But it may be yeah. one of a multi-tiered solution. Decriminalizes it. You know, takes it just out of a, you know, locking people up, carceral yeah. society. Worlds, worlds better than that approach you speak of. Yeah. that we find ourselves in. It's just at this current time i just we cannot move forward anymore <laughs> exactly the the way things currently are yes um so that's the dilemma we're in you know i mean uh pursuing that behavior you know for survival purposes or you know what people mm-hmm. think is survival puts many communities in direct yeah conflict with the current laws yeah which means you get caught doing that you could go to jail, and that mm-hmm. further destabilizes the family. You know, they talk about the dysfunctional functionality of the families, which is the favorite 
white supremacist explanation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the conditions yeah. of black and brown They'll communities. They'll do some throwaway line about, you yes. know, people, man up, you yeah. know, take care of your responsibilities. Yeah. Go, you know, take care of your kids. Yeah, like that's uh, the only it's problem. Just, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, right? no, and no. We need to do they, that. That's they're your not being honest all the way when they just say that and yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, as if people aren't getting locked up. Because mm -hmm. of the laws, it's criminalized, and 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 the know. economic conditions aren't of such a way to where you know this is a, a limited option. I think sometimes we we take that exception rule. I look, I call it the Oprah Michael Jordan as it pertains <laughs> to a person of color. I imagine all marginalized groups have those, you know, that one tenth of one percent that mm. uh, persons who are not being honest in these arguments use yes. as. Yeah. You know, they they, they did it. Why can't you? And they're not seeing the, the whole white supremacist system. And it's not rocket science. Science is you just got to, like you said, be honest. Mm -hmm. You got to be conscious and you got to be conscientious, mm -hmm. you know, and recognize that this is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, this carceral state we find ourselves in and as a uh, was a long time drug and alcohol counselor, as we call it now. Uh, you know, dealt with many uh, rural uh, white males have been swept. This this system is, you know, so great. This 5,000-pound gorilla mm -hmm. we find ourselves in, persons that it initially was not meant to subjugate have found themselves on the wrong side of it. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. when we're talking about here, these it, it, it's, it talks about, you know, how do we solve these problems in a way where the only solution is just an exponential growth of because if they I'd say they probably had the guns and manpower if they were going to arrest their way out of this yeah. problem. Uh -huh. Don't you think they would have uh, got nipped that in the bud by now of all those arrests that they've made? Yes. But you said something earlier that was vital. You said that uh, or suggested, you know, that. The very, even though these things and these policies are targeted to black and brown communities, like everything, and we've seen it wave after wave, it affects even unintended yeah. uh, populations. But it mostly affects. Yes, but but like everything, you know, it backfires. There's a boomerang effect. Boomerang. Okay, then you take the opioid crisis. Now, this is a crisis of drug abuse dealing with drugs that are mostly prescription drugs, legal mm -hmm. drugs. People can go to a doctor and have, you know, God with degrees, write this out, and, you know, even though they know they have certain rules and regulations. Very rarely do they go to jail when yeah. they're and they caught know doing that, this. You know, you've come back here a hundred times in one week to get, get pills yeah. for pain. So there's trafficking going on, and some of these people have been busted, but they're not targeting them they're like not targeting drugs. To the, yeah, because, no. They're not coming in like they were coming yeah, in Breonna Taylor's apartment. So many heads, and yeah. every now and then you'll see, you know, certain doctors, suppliers, and all like that. But the other point was now many affluent communities have mm -hmm. their own problem with opioids. Yeah, yeah. Even the current case that's going on every day with George Floyd. Now, mm -hmm. I've, I've been watching it closely, you know, I'm sure like a lot of people across the, the globe. Now, oh, it's the, a, it's a the defense topic. for the policeman, Derek Chauvin, 
His defense is, is the only case they got is to say that, well, this guy was using fentanyl. Isn't that the prescription drug? And not just that. Yeah, it's a prescription drug, but they you use it to cut uh, the opioids, heroin, because it gives it a much stronger. Okay. I want to say, and uh, don't quote me. Yeah. We can edit this out. I want to say it's upwards of 15 times stronger than uh, any sort of opioid pain pill, but okay. it's uh, it's so powerful. It is one of the main reasons for overdoses. And they use this, mm-hmm. the critical part there you said, they use this in um, prescription drugs, some of these ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fentanyl a, it's a, it's a medication that's, you know, that, you know, you use uh, to, you know, block pain. Yes. Yeah. But what was interesting in the trial is that you know, uh, the defense is using that as their main uh, defense of Chauvin, that it wasn't his knee on his neck and the oppression that that was applying. I mean, you know, Floyd had, you know, these drugs in his system, and they even said now they found some pills in the car, and he supposedly even admitted to doing it, and that's what caused his death, not asphyxiation as most of the uh, people they brought to the stand. Not the knee on his carotid artery for 14 minutes, no. But my main point here is that this is... Not just George Floyd's problem. There are many people of all classes who are involved in the opioid epidemic. Yeah. A lot of white folks. Upwards of 10% of the population. George Floyd's girlfriend who testified said both she and he were on fentanyl. She said that, you know, it's one of the things they shared. He had back pain. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying whether he abused that or not, but she said he, this is what she said. He had back pain and she had some pain from something and they both took um, opioids you know, or fentanyl to, you know, deal with that question and they got addicted. It's a common story that right? affects millions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm hoping. It's not this seedy kind of, yeah, you know, ne'er-do-wells. people do or certain yeah, segments. Yeah, it's I'm everywhere. I have yet that, to meet a family yeah. that has not been affected yeah. by this crisis season. And it and it's, it's as a person of color, it it's kind of it's craving in the way of that in the 80s when crack hit our community, mm. you were silent and you did not uh, do your due diligence. We talked about earlier that public safety and how it's all of our obligation. Yeah, you left us out to drown and denigrated us. You know, we were mm. we were. Crack babies and you know all those nasty things, and now we we come because it's hit your community. Yeah, so as many opioid babies will we be seeing? So. Yeah, I've never even heard. And, uh, this is the first time I've ever heard opioid that. babies. Yeah, yeah, but they but even still, <laughs> you see how powerful these elements are. They they're finding ways to criminalize. They 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 are having to wrestle with the contradiction mm. when my. Uh, I'm I'm well to do, and I've I've made a living off of propagating white supremacy. But when it come home, comes home, when that chicken comes home to roost, yes. how do I handle these things? We've seen a, a bit more of a, a compassionate lens, so it's hard to. And I, I, I don't say that to say that like I don't think persons struggling with uh, opioid use disorders are um, they do not deserve the denigration no. and and uh, you know the 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 harsh approach that my brothers and sisters received uh during the crack epidemic you know yeah. but you know but let's 
let's let's have a full form conversation yeah, about let's, these let's things. Compare the two approaches yeah. and how the society responded to crack epidemic. Yeah, but but before we do that, I would like to remind our listeners: you are listening to uh, WFMP one hundred six point five. This is Community Control Now. I'm your co-host Vincent Gonzalez with my esteemed colleague Michael T. Here we are talking about public safety and how that affects in particular communities of color and possibly looking at some solutions to that. So um, my apologies uh, if you could pick up where you left off there. Yes, yes. So again, you know, the, the whole point of raising the George Floyd trial is that it, you know, unsurprisingly brought up the whole question of drug abuse, particularly mm-hmm. in this case, opioid abuse, which is widespread mm-hmm. in the society among black yeah. people, white people, and others. We, we, all, all persons, based on their demographics, use these things at near equal rates. Yes. But we see the criminalization of these things yes. far greater. What is it? African Americans are only 13% of the population, but they are um, close to Half of the prison population. Yes. You know, so. Yes, and we've been criminalized, you know. And to mm-hmm. be honest with you, you know, when I first, when they first raised the whole drug connection, I, I cringed because I know I said, okay, now they're going to say, oh, well, you know, those blacks and those drugs. Mm-hmm. But when it was explained that this, these were opioids, and I know there's been an opioid epidemic in affluent white neighborhoods. Yeah, it's been they can't really use it like they want to use it. So you can't denigrate us he per- again perhaps, unless you denigrate yourself. Yeah, perhaps he <laughs> needs the same level of compassion that you've recently yes, shown yes. for you and your neighbors. Yes, have that same compassion. One of their, one of their big-time thought leaders, those of, you know in the Trumper world, uh, Rush Limbaugh, he admitted yes. to struggling with, he had Opioids, dozens right? of uh, aliases that he used to <laughs> gain, you know. So it's like, let's be honest here. What are we really talking about uh, when we talk about these things, but they but they use it at their whim? Yeah. Uh, and this has caused a huge problem with us. We we can't move ahead and until they... Uh, cut that behavior out. Yes, and part uh, of that behavior is a continuation of the white supremacy and racism that's historic um, is denigrating us. I mean, the the uh, the initial denigration was that we were subhuman. We weren't even human. Yeah. And now, you know, after our struggle mm-hmm. made them recant. And our they struggle, meaning uh, a whole <laughs> war was fought. Not their benevolence. <laughs> yeah. Right? Reluctantly, brother so, against brother. Yeah. Very few will say we're not human, but now the the code word is we're we're dysfunctional, mm. dysfunctional families. Yeah, you know, compared to I guess they're functional, and uh, but we know with the opioid crisis and the other crises that have yet to be we talked about. We all have struggles you here. Know, if we're dysfunctional, then everybody's dysfunctional. Yeah. Right, and if they're not dysfunctional, then we're not dysfunctional. We're kind of America's mirror in so many ways. Yes, you yes, know, worse yes. than all. This you is know, a human let's deal problem. with this. Yeah, let's be honest and don't segregate us in it. No, no, no. So, but you know, still we find ourselves uh, in this, uh, you know, sort of morass of uh, legality and the concerns with that. 
Um, how have person of colors sort of, uh, you know, worked against that? How have they, you know, you know, adjusted to this um, highly suppressive system? Well, there are many responses, uh, Vincent. Uh, of course, what we want to do is offer some going forward, some solutions in future podcasts. Is that what we want to do? Oh, future podcasts. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I get that. We're okay. out of time. I know, we've had a... And that's part I of thought, our mission yeah. is to do that. I got the but time, but okay. to directly answer your current question, how has the black community responded to all of mm-hmm. this? I will say we have responded in various ways, mm-hmm. good and bad. Yeah. In the absence of sitting down collectively, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the knowledgeable people and the people who care and that village and trying to work these things out. Yeah. What has happened thus far is that, well, you know, lock them up. Yep. You know, let the police handle it. But we know now, many of us, that that's not working. They're not solving that problem. They're not making us safe. The police, at best, are doing a uh, a very, um, uh, oh, boy, you know, negligible to, job. To say of, the of least. Creating public safety. <laughs> to say the least. Really. I think We're most being, people you're would being, agree You're a very that. kind man. <laughs> and that's why I'm looking forward, you know, with this. Research that you're involved in, and we'll yes, be doing. I have I have some homework here, believe it or not. And we will um, be offering yeah. some, um, you know, real alternatives. And you know, I just like to ask the listeners if they have some good ideas to send them to us. They can email the station. Yes, we go might on bring our you on Facebook page. We just hope you work now. these things out, and you got some credible ideas. Don't come on with a bunch of crap. Yeah. Have something that you thought about, and you you know you you've researched this, and you can but get some good examples. If they do come out the side of their neck, this is good radio, <laughs> so y'all can step. I mean, but just to like the mic know, too, yeah. We're talking about you know offering you know some of the examples that Portugal. Absolutely, you know, there yeah. may be people who are that listening. That was uh, Michael Moore had that documentary where to invade next. Uh, that you know that's where touched I saw on it. that. Yeah, that's yeah. where I saw it too. Yeah, yeah, same place here. But I've seen they, I've seen the experiment. Going further, and it's it's been a smashing success in so many ways. Mm. Not to say that it's it hasn't eliminated these things, but yeah. as, as a as a truly progressive but good performance, it's a good example. Yeah, yeah let's, I call it a buffet. Yeah, give me give me uh, you know those things that have worked, and we've seen yeah. a, a degree of utility towards them. That's how them. you go forward. It's social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave the you rest. Know, you know, and we'll, I mean, and we'll, we can speculate. And look at, you know, a utopian, ideal way. And, and, and I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. No. But then you can also search for examples of Absolutely. people actually doing this. Because what do we have to lose? To. What do we have to lose here? I just, I think, the, the like, I, I keep saying this, man, the this, this streets are so dire. Mm. We need as many benevolent solutions. All hands yes. on deck on this all one here. All hands on deck. Bring yeah. them all together Bring in them an all organized together. way. Yeah, which yeah. is what we don't have now. Yeah, they're just well, resorting to. We, it's hard lock to have them a, up. We can't have yeah, lock them up, and that lock them up mentality has just uh, cut any sort of uh, public discourse off at the pass. We can't even have a conversation about these things because we don't see any other way beyond lock them up. But that's slowly changing, and we hope to. Advance yeah. that change. Principal Freedom Fighters. Yeah, yes. I, I would uh, shout out the Louisville Community Bell Fund, 
that's mm-hmm. affiliated with uh, Black Lives Matter Louisville and their work to, uh, as they see it, the, you know, in the oppressive cash bail system yes. we find ourselves in, they are uh, paying people's bail. And there's been some controversy yes. around that. Who, you know, we've, 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 we've so much couched our uh, way of thinking in these carceral states that who deserves to be in jail or not, even though we know for a fact what jail does to people. Yeah. It gives them PTSD. Especially before your trial has even yeah, come up. Yeah, before your trial has even come up. You, <laughs> They're locked up. You, you are, you are uh, uh, supposedly innocent until proven guilty, yeah. but you, you know. It's a form of punishment. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to L. Surge because uh, over, you know, since I've been in Louisville the last few years, I have gone out with them mm-hmm. on projects where we went door to door in certain neighborhoods here in uh Louisville promoting and signing people up to promote uh, cash bail. Right on. And it's been uh, in, ending cash bail. Um, We're not supporting cash yeah, bail. Ending it, cash yeah, bails. absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was a little bit nervous at first because we went to you know various neighborhoods, but most of the people I can honestly say, black and white, most of them. There were some yeah. exceptions. Uh, once we explained it and what. Uh, bail and the inability to get bail does for people yeah. you could lose your job Wait, what's the the brother from lose uh, your house yeah the brother in Rikers Island yeah wasn't even uh, he was held for two years yeah. most of that time spent in solitary Before confinement he trial. when he got out I think his name was Khalif Bowers yeah I heard about that when he, when he, he, he uh, completed suicide when he got out yeah. because of what this does so we you know we're getting into a lot of these fundamental concepts of what it means to be an American, and it's not being held to us. Oh, shoot, taxation without representation. There's yeah. a lot of those little uh, niche catchphrases that they yeah. they hold so near and dear, yeah, but they're not being honest. Pre-trial detention. They yeah, call it. you haven't even had your case adjudicated. Yeah, but you got to wait in jail. And, you know, the contradiction there is that, according to the statistics that El Surge promotes, is that they can't say that, well, if we don't hold them in jail before their trial, they won't come to trial because 95%, according to their statistics, do show up for trial. Yeah. Of course, you get that percentage who won't. You know, they'll jump bail, but yeah. most people will show up because they know of the consequences. You jump mm-hmm. bail, they're going to come get you. Yeah. You know, then you're really going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Not showing up in court, but if you can be, you know, released until you go to trial, like people who have money do, mm-hmm. and then they don't have to go to court in the jumpsuit and the chains what it, on. What it was that with Jeffrey Epstein? How many times did he get off? Yeah, for for all the you know heinous crimes that he committed. There's you know there's yeah. there's a and then commercial he element to trial this. Yeah. With a nice suit, one of his best suits. And yeah, good, you know, because and uh, that's the a part of got to pre-trial. Come yeah, from jail. you know, they <laughs> I've I've did some work around like pre-trial conferencing with uh, you know and witness preparation where you know got to cover up the tattoos. You can't look yeah. too. You know they they get you so in some high profile. Cases yeah. they'll they'll get your teeth fixed and you know what yeah. I mean because and that shouldn't matter your appearance whether you're guilty or not but, but it's been proven that if you come before the judge 
and you got the jumpsuit on. That's automatically yeah. impl- implication you're already, of guilt. Yeah. Or, you know, you're not dressed properly versus someone who comes in there with a three-piece suit and he's talking a certain way and acting a certain way. There's all, the automatic implication that the guy's not dressed that well. You know, he's probably guilty. Yeah. He yeah. probably did it. But this nice gentleman here in that suit. It's a... It's a very it's a very uh, fickle way of seeing things, but it's uh, been propagated and has denigrated so much. And you know, we have to. I, I, if you consider yourself any sort of um, principled or moral or compassionate <laughs> individual, I feel like it's it's to me it's your life's mission. To fight against these things, yes. lock, stock, and barrel. So, uh, we hope that this uh, program adds to that. You know, this this course that we need to have so much. So, um, I hope persons take this. You know, we're touching on public safety as best as we can. I personally will do everything in my power to you know research and understand these things so that we can live in a, a, a kinder and more benevolent world here. So um, sending off here, community control now, all power to the people.